another episode of Block Talk, presented by Theater Than Now. I'm your host, as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher so you never miss an episode. Leave a five-star review while you're there. And as always, follow me on Instagram at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at BlockTalkNYC, and visit theaterthenow.com for its news, reviews, and interviews. After a long COVID-forced hiatus, Survivor is back. Jeff Probst has promised us a new era of the game, but is this still the same show we know and love, or has time away created a monster? You're about to find out as we recap the premiere of Survivor 41, now without subtitles. Joining me back on the island is my friend who has been ready to vote me out for years now, Andrew Orsi. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Hi. Um, Survivor's back. Uh Weird. I, it's very strange, but I'm happy. It feels like if for a second there at the beginning of pandemic, because the only thing we really had going on anymore was winners at war. Everything like the yeah. whole city shut down, but winners at war was happening. So there was like that getting me through. And then when Survivor went away, I was like, now COVID really took everything. Yeah, um, it, w- it, it I will say it, it was a bit of a learning curve for me to get back into it. Like, I don't know why it's not like I've not watched 40 (laughs) seasons, but it just, I just felt like there was too long of a break because we're used to having what five, six months off in between the most at most. Usually I think it's more like four. Yeah. So it was a little weird, but um, we're, we're starting off new Um, listeners. We both love survivor. We've been watching basically since the beginning. Um, uh, our, our, our relationship, if you didn't know, Andrew is basically my unpaid, um, therapist. Um, he has tried to quit many times, but he just keeps on coming back. <laughs> the insurance money is too good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, survivor 41, because we have to call it 41 because new era, we don't need any more titles. I'm kind of okay with that. Like, I think the themes were getting leaned into really, really hard uh-huh. recently. And I'm cool with having a season where we are not going to have hammered down our throat. This is what it means to be a brain and or David and or healer and or whatever. Now, he, <laughs> I, I read uh, the article where Jeff talks about this. I think Dalton Ross on Entertainment Weekly. And Dalton basically said how I feel. If you tell a Survivor fan who won Survivor... Um, uh, heroes, healers, and hustlers, they could tell you. But if you said who won Survivor 37, you take a second, have to really go through the Rolodex and figure it out. And that's why I, I'm not a fan of this. Um, I mean, I think it'll depend. If this is, if they go back to a theme next season, I don't think it'll be such an issue. I think everybody will be yeah. like, oh yeah, it was the COVID, post-COVID season. Got it. Yeah. And so you'll remember it. <laughs> I, so I would like to give it a title, if you, you don't mind. Go for it. Um, and ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, they, them, everyone in between, Survivor 41 shall be called Survivor Emmy Bait. Mm. <laughs> sure. So here's my initial thoughts. We're going to talk about it all through this episode. Basically, the heads of Viacom said, Jeffrey Propes. 
Look at what RuPaul Charles has been doing on the RuPaul's Drag Race television show. He's getting Emmy and Emmy and Emmy and Emmy. You go get us some Emmys. How are you going to do it? Give us inclusivity. Give us drama. Give us real life stories. And try to be politically correct. Go. That's how I felt about this episode. Because it was not Survivor. This was this was way too edited for me. I disagree. I mm-hmm. thought that a lot of the heavy handedness was simply a love of survivor community like this as much as we talked about season 40 being a love letter to the survivor fans this episode felt like a love letter to survivor fans to me there there was a split second that i was like that's not brad's dad that is an actor we are doing like uh uh uh, one of those scenes where it's where we're replaying history no i'm i don't know this is my hot take this is also how much so this is a question for you how much of australian survivor have you watched i i'm behind i'm uh because well as the listeners know i watch a lot of um report on a lot of drag race yes you do behind on you're busy right now all the time yeah Yeah, Uh, no i understand i mean i think that this is less jarring to me as a transition because Australian Survivor was always a little more heavy handed in these ways. So it doesn't really feel like different from that to me, Mm -hmm. especially like the first time they did a champions versus contenders. I feel like we got several contestants that got backstories uh, shown to us in this sort of fashion in the first few episodes. So, uh, you know, I mean, I think it's, it's maybe a slightly different take, but I am not as, down on it as you seem to be right away i'm just i'm a purist i don't like change <laughs> uh you very well know that i don't I, I i need to hold on to the things i know and I, they're there but he made it feel different he's like i just gave your favorite thing in the world a makeover here's a new nose yeah but if the old nose was getting old <laughs> hair is still your nose but i do think i do think this is the sort of thing we probably should have expected to uh given the pr disaster that was island of the idols uh and winners at war earned a lot of good faith back simply for general excitement but they still have some recovery to do there (laughs) oh absolutely i mean they're they're I also think that Jeff Probst was sitting at home twiddling his thumbs, being like, I have all these ideas. And when they're like, okay, we're going back to the island, he's like, okay, we're doing them all. I mean, probably. And and you know what? Listen, you know the show's going to be on, not just for 41. It'll be there for 42. You're going to get to 50. You have some time. Cool down. Relax. Enjoy the moment. I hear you. I know. But also, like, do we want because a host? Do we want a host that is not as enthusiastic as Jeff about this? Like, I feel like Jeff is the overenthusiastic uncle, and you're at the family reunion, and like there are moments where you're like, "What? Well, he's too much. I need to go to another room." But there are other times where you're like, "Honestly, this is the best part of this family reunion. I'm glad he's here, and he's telling me all the family secrets." But Miss Julie Chen Moonbest, she's finally learned we're gonna calm it down. We're we're gonna lower that. What you? Miss, ah, yes, you're a children of God. Like, this is what her thing is now. But they, <laughs> they have toned it down with the massive twist. They've, they've kept it a little more simple. Okay, than... but Julie Chen Moonves is absolutely not exact producer on Big Brother. <laughs> no, but, well, that is my thought. Maybe um, Jeffrey needs to take a little step back. I don't know. I'm, I'm much, I'm clearly happier about all of it than you are. Yeah, it's also because you want to be on the show much more than I do, so... 
<laughs> well, okay. We got our initial thoughts out there. I have more. And don't worry. They're going to be um, very sarcastic. Are you ready to dive into the episode? Yes. Listeners, how we're going to do this is kind of similar to how we did it for Winners at War. We're going to take them in segments. We'll we'll talk about tribe by tribe, like pre-challenge, post-challenge, and twist again. Um, so we'll, we'll 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 keep them in chunks because there's a lot to talk through. But we get a um, video message from Steve from Blue Clues. Uh, what two weeks ago? <laughs> Jeff Probst is like, I'm going to welcome you back the same exact way. Um, if you didn't feel an ounce of ew mixed with a pinch of awe, you are a heartless ghost. Um, that that intro was interesting. How did you take it? I liked it. Again, like for me, it was an acknowledgement that this thing that I think I, I think with Survivor, it's harder to find like a proper casual fan. I think a lot of people when they get into Survivor are very into Survivor. Like it becomes a routine in a lot of the ways that Jeff was trying to lean into in this episode. So I think for many of us, it was like our favorite show is back. We're really excited. And Jeff was just like giving us a moment to like be excited with us. I don't know. I mean, I understand where some people don't want this, but like this didn't bother me at all. I just thought it was cute. Like for me at this point, Jeff is messy, but he's endearing as hell. And I mean, I'm fine that with mullet, it. that mullet is very messy. <laughs> the hair is everything. Um, terrible. We learned that it is going to be 26 days. So a much quicker, faster paced game, smaller tribes. Not really, but you, you tell yourself that Jeff. Um, Penalty for losing. Okay, so now the producers are going all big brother. Fine, <laughs> we're going to hop on board with that. And then he says unexpected. Okay, now you're going two things for big brother. We're just stealing content from big brother. Um, and he wants to evolve the experiment. I'm good. You know, no, no more evolution. We're fine. We're doing okay. Just ease us back in. Um, but I will say, I was a little... Um, grossed out when he literally leaned down to talk to quote unquote younger future survivors it was very patronizing and um very triggering i didn't even catch the lean down i just was here he was like talking right to you it was creepy it was weird okay um but do you know why i'm also triggered because he said he said game within a game yeah, he said game within a game. So the produ- the producers from Big Brother are here and also the producers of Drag Race. They said, us- are, they said is the series on Paramount Plus? Crossover. Exactly. I mean, um, I fully expect the replacement. We'll get to this, I'm sure. But I fully expect the replacement for Come On In, guys, to be Come On Down because we need to cross over with every CBS show. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, game within a game. Obviously, we know for those Drag Race fans, that was a, a, a concept ripped from Survivor. So... Survivor had it first, but we did. I don't think we really called it the game within a game the way that fucking RuPaul slammed it in our heads. Yeah, RuPaul did a lot with that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but Jeff is really trying to be RuPaul and get his Emmy glory back. He wants I'm also just confused. I um, is what is is the game within a game just the the site where you solve the puzzles? Yes. Okay, Literally so it's not really is. a thing. No, he made it a bigger thing. I just. Maybe he gets like it's a, a little weird to quick. mention it in the episode. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Um, we're gonna see a lot of behind the scenes, which again, I'm not sure how comfortable I am seeing, simply because 
I feel like we've seen it before when it is necessary. So when there's a medical emergency or something drastic happens. And I feel like when just showing that like obscure shot of the camera crew, it lessens those moments. Uh, I just think there is much, I think the idea of showing it was that every member of the crew is as much a part of the passion for this show as the contestants and Jeff and us, the viewers. And so I kind of love having them included. I love seeing how much goes into this show. I'm totally cool with it. I thought it was actually then, really then wonderful. Why not put it behind a cash wall and make it like a behind the scenes on Paramount Plus? I would be mad you know, about that. Well, Viacom loves making people pay for shit. <laughs> um, we got three boats speeding to the barge and we're going to hear from a couple people. Um as I mentioned them, I want you to think, are these key players just for the episode or are these going to be our key players for this season? We hear from Evie from Yasa, Danny from Luvu, Tiffany from Yasa, JD from Ua, Voce from Yasa, Shan from Ua, Sarah from Ua, Deshaun from Luva, Luvu, Erica from Luvu, and Xander from Yasa. A lot of them had a big part of this episode. Any of them do you think are contenders for the end? A lot. Actually, I, I agree. I think that Shan has a lot longevity. I think Voce has longevity. I think Danny has longevity. I think Tiffany has longevity. I think JD. Well, JD is going to make an impact. Longevity gonna, may be the wrong word. <laughs> we'll have a, we're going to have a lot to talk about him. Um, I'm very because... interested in seeing where his story goes. Evie is absolutely going to have an impact. Like a lot of these people. I think Erica yeah. could be a sleeper, somebody who does something big down the line. Yeah. So it's, I mean, listen, we all watch the show for 40 seasons. We read the edit. We see what they want us to see. So you got to keep these things in your mind. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Jeff welcomes the 18 new castaways to Survivor. um, And we learned that they did, in fact, do a full quarantine. So let's play for Survivor. Uh, Fun fact. Did you hear what happened on The View today? No. Um, They had to take uh, Anna Navarro and Sonny Hostin off set because they tested positive for COVID. And do you know who their guest was? The vice president. So, oh dear. Yeah. yeah, they had to do that interview like backstage. It was really weird. Um, but I mean, I at digress. least they're all vaccinated. You know, that it's, helps. It's true. It's true. <laughs> well, like usual, Jeff has to pretend he doesn't know these people's names, but he's going to ask them specifically pointed question. Like, first up is guy in the back. We'll call him Abraham. Um, he's feeling a 10 in excitement. Um, no masks, no con- commitment, like he, he, no confinement. He's here for it. Erica is feeling a million. She was supposed to come out last year and people lost a lot in the pandemic and then they can't get back in. And she was like, oh, this show is my escape. And um, this was the moment where I was like, okay, this is real. We're, you're going to remind me of my loss from the past two years. Um, Jeff's not going to grant me that escape of having a new lease on life with Survivor. He sure, wants but that did Emmy. you fully? Did he you wants fully, that Emmy. Did you fully expect this episode to not mention it? I thought we would hear it once or twice and be like, "All right, game on." That was never going to happen. <laughs> yeah, Nasir is questioned next. Um, people come back because he is the happiest person on earth. Uh, he started Survivor on season twenty-one, which will explain a lot of his gameplay later. <laughs> um, but he hardly spoke English, but learned by watching Survivor. And I think that's awesome. That's I think cool it's such, story. you know, the minute he was able to like say that in casting, they were like, he's on, like, he's on. Yeah, <laughs> it's exactly. such a good story. I mean, like it's a love letter to the show while also just being like the immigrant story of like learning and like 
through your own passions, becoming better at English and like making a life for yourself in America. And, you know, exactly. Heather started watching Survivor 20 years ago from the day she missed the routine of Survivor during COVID. The show had been a tradition and she thanks him for helping her basically shape her family. That's cool. Um, I really hope one of her kids is a name Jeff, though. You mean like those people that started like when uh, ESPN first happened and people started naming their kids Espen? Oh, God. They they, they, they do exist. (laughs) So in the spirit of inclusivity and likely, again, trying to be RuPaul, who has adjusted Drag Race's gender verbiage, Jeff is going to ask the cast if they should change Come On In, guys. I think valid discussion. Um, And in the context of Survivor, why not explore it? Yeah. Evie, who on the show said they are a queer woman, has since shared that they are non-binary, um, says they don't feel excluded by the word guys in context. Jeff asks if anyone disagrees. No one says a word, so they're keeping it for now. I was cool with this. I think this was a, a very smart idea um, because having it on camera is always better than having those back stage decisions yeah i mean it's it's one of those things i i don't know i'll i think i'll give my full thoughts on it when we get to the second half of the continuation of the world (laughs) that's fair that's fair well let's break down our tribes i have my cheat sheet here because this is not winners at war i have not met these people before these are new strangers to me and i still couldn't give you all 18 names but Wearing yellow, uh, wearing blue is Luvu, comprised of Danny, Deshaun, Erica, Heather, Nasir, and Sydney. Wearing yellow is Yasa, comprised of Abraham, Evie, Liana, Tiffany, Voce, and Xander. And finally, wearing green is Yua, comprised of Brad, Jeannie, JD, Ricard, Sarah, and Shan. Overall, if you were like, that's my tribe, which tribe are you going? I mean, you're wearing blue right now. <laughs> um, I would probably... I don't want to like say it, but I do. I, I would probably want to go on blue because I feel like blue looked the most physically stacked just uh, on the on the books. Yeah, Nasir. Come on, Nasir. <laughs> you're strong. Nasir's big. Danny's a pre- former NFL player. And Deshaun yeah. is also like a big, strong guy. You know what I mean? It's like, and then you yeah, have let's Erica, go. Who is like Erica is probably scrappy, though. She gives oh, me scrappy absolutely. vibes. Absolutely. Um, Jeff reveals this will be a shorter game with less supplies. It's dangerous, he says with a shit in grin. He knows what he's doing. So, as he says, drop the four, keep the one. It's a brand new era. I had to take a moment and take that in and be like, okay, so you really want us to start over. Just based on watching this first episode, is this a start over or are we still continuing where we left off? I think it is... It is not a full start over. We have not dug up the foundation of the house and like mm-hmm. fully bulldozed the lot and are starting to build from square one. I think we are still operating from the same foundation. We still have the love of all of the traditions. There's a lot of stuff that's staying in place, but this is clearly a new approach. So it's like they took the house and they added a second floor and a spare room and you got to figure out how and where we're doing that. Okay, good analogy. Challenge one, six tri-paddles have been uh, brought off the barge in, onto the rafts, race around to the buoy, get the flint, 
Catches, losing two tribes, earn nothing, and will have to win their supplies another way. So this is just basically long-form torture. <laughs> I mean, I thought at first it was just a marooning, and then it was like, oh. Yeah, yeah not, no. No, we're actually, you're not getting anything. You don't get to take anything from this boat. That's all nothing. props, boy. <laughs> right. So there is a scramble to get the paddles. It is it, This felt very classic Survivor. This is when the moment I was like, all right, we're back. Um, most are tossing the paddles over as they find them. Yellow is struggling hard to find their last paddle. I'm going to say it. It blended in with the yellow netting. Yeah, they got... It was not fair. They got played a little bit. <laughs> now, they... But all the, the paddles were together. So they would have seen someone up there with getting the blue and green, right? That's what I'm confused about. Because that's that was also my first impression was that like every single one of the paddles was in the same spot. You just had to find yeah. one of your color in that spot. So if that is true, then that's a failure on their part. Right. Because um, that's <laughs> not really how it was presented by the show. But I believe that is the case. Yeah. Um, so they should have just been paying better attention to other people. Exactly. Um, our blue tribe is not moving as we learned they have not <laughs> unclipped the back of their boat. Do we think that they were told to do that or was Jeff like, just figure it out? Told to unclip? Yeah. I feel like he like, said they, it. They get the full, like the full break breakdown of the rules. Um, yeah. Before they, like, no, I feel like they got told. So I think, I think they got told to unclip the boat. It may have been mentioned that it was clipped in the front and back. It may not have. And they unclipped in the front and either yeah. forgot the back or didn't know the back. I just cannot imagine like trying to move. Like my <laughs> arms would have been shot. <laughs> I loved it because I felt like this whole challenge was watching like how I assume I will stumble back into the world post COVID. Just like, I'm going to mess up everything for a second here. <laughs> yeah, that, that's fact. Um, Green is in the lead and it's just honestly an embarrassment of a start of a season, but it felt like a new series. Like we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> So we're going to go through our tribes. We are going to start off with our green tribe at Ua. Um, our winning tribe hits the beach and we immediately get into the drama of it all, AKA human suffering stories. Um, Sarah has lost her grandmother to COVID. Um, she was a survivor fan and she is here for her grandmother. Um, and this is going to be our first glimpse into this interesting editing. Um, we are going to get some real world filming flashbacks. We're going to get some images and this really is new to the show. And if you want to talk about new era, this is where for me, it really began. Mm-hmm. Um, not the twist, not the turns, but the tonality. It's not the survivor we're used to, as we discussed, but um, we used to rely more on the players to emote and get a reaction through them. Now we're giving, getting a little bit of a visual assistance. Um, I am usually someone who likes show not tell but with survivor that's kind of the 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 uh the heart of it is you have to use your voice you have to use the 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 skills you have to get us into the world um like did we need to see the photo of sarah and her grandmother to understand her loss and desire to play the survivor no they felt no but what i will say is uh, my survivor super fan brain went immediately ah packages whoever gets packages is going to be important and therefore the end of this episode shocked me more 
All right, fair. That's definitely definitely fair. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, absolutely. I think this is a thing to keep in mind. Is again, if the editors have taken some time to be like, we want to change this, 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 and they're gonna fool us. And mm-hmm. as someone who again watches far too much Drag Race, I could tell you how an episode goes. There have been maybe three or four episodes in the past year that I was truly shocked by. Yeah, yeah, hundred so, percent. I'm all for the editors changing up the formula on us. Right. Well, Brad is a fourth generation cattle rancher and the editors are having a field day here. Um, We are getting slow-mo chopping into dad flashbacks into dad died a week before coming out here. Props you for doing that. First off, I could not. Yeah, that's a lot. Mm Mm-mm. That, I mean, that, that... I think I think that's the thing. And that's that's indicative of the the wide variety of humanity that we have in the world. There are people who can't like grief stops them in their tracks. And there are other people who power through grief because that's the way that they can deal with it best is to yeah. do other things. This also was the moment where I was like, maybe I do have a shot on getting it on the show. Because <laughs> I have some sort of grief to deal with. But no, no, I want to be in a house with air conditioning or in a, a apartment talking to people on social media. Give me one of those shows. Please. I don't want I don't want either of that. Oh, my God. <laughs> that all sounds like my nightmare. Just put me on the island. Well, we are now going to see that they have the flint. So who's going to make the fire? It will be Wunderkind JD. Um, he was playing Survivor during COVID as he was practicing for this moment. Andrew. Have you been practicing for your eventual moment? I have done a little bit of practice and I have plans for if I were to get cast on the show, the things I would do to prep. I know I'm not I'm not going on the show unprepared. I refuse. How many times have you set the fire alarm off? None yet. Well, not 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 in that way with my oven. Plenty of times. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Yes. Yes. JD is a super fan and he is going to be one of our main voices for this episode. And dare I say for as long as he lasts, I can't get a read on it. JD's edit is the most mysterious. Hello? Mysterious. (laughs) I couldn't form to that word as I said it. It It is the most mysterious because I could see him flaming out in the next two episodes, but they're using him for the big character that he is. Or I could literally see him being like a Tony winner. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> Not a yeah. Tony winner like on Broadway, although good for him if he gets one. You know uh, listen, what I mean. That, that kid has got spunk. I could see him being on Broadway. Oh, yeah. We're going to learn now about Jeannie. She has a wife. Uh, she tells us how when she was 25, she was proposed to. She comes from a traditional family, so she tells her mom. Jeannie thought she'd be upset with her, but instead she gives her a diamond and says give it to Lindsay. that gesture meant she accepted her and loved her for who she is that was really sweet it I was like really cute i loved that we got just a gay segment i was like god bless yeah, because Jeannie, <laughs> you're not the gayest one out here now it's time to talk about ricard um ricard has been married for six years and was in the process to adopt to be a single dad um, but then he met his partner and got married 37 days later they have a daughter who is 22 months old his husband is a transgender pregnant man if you had thought, if you had that on your survivor bingo board, you should go out and play the lottery because you will absolutely win. <laughs> First off, like, I, like, like if you're talking about human interest stories, we've, 
we heard the death ones, but we just heard two queer stories back to back. Please, I can't tell you the last time there were two queer players on the same tribe. Two queer players on the same tribe and both get backstories, neither one of which involves homophobia or sadness. There was one that was kind of a fear of sadness, but actually was just acceptance. What a beautiful actual way to approach queerness when you're increasing the amount of it. Yeah, I mean, this was really cool because I I mean, yeah, there are people like Ricard and um, his husband. We don't hear that in, in, in mainstream media. It's not a story we hear. Nope. And that's why um, I still think we still get in this like world of people fighting about adoptions and whether that's a healthy family. And like, cause all we really hear about is gay bashing. And then all you hear about is like this and you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I mean, come on. I don't, I have not really been following the Twitterverse um, post episode, but I, I have heard that Ricard is not loved by um, um, Ricard States. started world war three and murdered all the children in America. I don't know if you know that. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> he is the villain of the season. Congrats. Um, yeah, no, I thought this was really, really amazing. Um, he says that winning money would, he would know that it would help his children and leave an impact. Um, yeah, as you mentioned, two back-to-back stories of people who are part of the LGBTQ plus community on the same tribe. Um, this was the queer portion of the show and guess what? It's not going to end. We're going to get more. Yes. Um, I mean, the visibility is remarkable. I do want to ask you, did it take a global pandemic and a national protest to finally bring some change or was this in the works? Um, I think it's a little of all of it. I mean, basically there was a black survivor alumni group that Mm -hmm. got together and pushed. And that is the reason that CBS has this diversity initiative now. So like shout out to them for like going out there and doing the work on the ground floor with the company that they have connections with, you know, essentially saying like Sean Rector was like, I can't come back because this is how the network, you know what I mean? They're not addressing this. And so finally they pushed it and now it's happened. And we've already seen uh, history made in Big Brother because of it. So absolutely. I mean, give the show credit for at least taking the steps to make visible change. Um, I do want to put out there the next one that needs to be discussed is about gender and tribe makeups because, I mean, again, Evie was not non-binary prior to the show. If they were cast now, how would the tribe makeups be? Right. So it's a conversation and it's not just for Survivor. It's for all the shows. It's for a lot of it's, shows. Yeah. It, it's, it's going to be a thing. And if y'all don't like it, go fuck yourself and watch something else. Yeah. It's a change. It's an adaptation to the world that we live in now where people are able to be more themselves. And so if we can't adapt in order to make society help more people, then what are we doing with society in the first place? Exactly. JD and Sarah are going to bond as the two youngest people out there on the tribe. He reminds her that young people don't do well in Survivor. And he says he's a super fan. That's not true. Yeah, I was going to say. Well. Uh, you, you, there's an argument to be made for old people, but young people. Yeah. Like, Come on, Fabio. Exactly. <laughs> Talk to Nasir. He knows. <laughs> yeah, right. Um god jd does not want the target of always talking strategy so he is going to have little getting to know you conversations but he knows the 26 days will go fast shit is about to get real i would love to know if they all went in during the quarantine part knowing if it was going to be a 39 or 26 day um game because it is a different mental preparation yeah 
it is. I am interested in whether that was sprung on them or not. I would have been livid. I would have been furious. But Ricard knows JD is here to play and intense. He finds it a bit untrustworthy. He tells Shan and Sarah that if there is no prep prior to tribal, that they should just lean on JD as a vote. Shan, the pastor, is all about active listening. Trust her. Create bonds and establish strong relationships so they don't see her cut their throats in the end. I love this. Um, but we have seen the social impacts of religion and honestly and honesty going hand in hand in this game and people getting mighty mad when faith is used as a tool. Yeah. I hope she can pull it off because I, I want to see it happen. Well, because here's the thing. See her succeed. I'm not seeing her lean into religion as her trustworthiness. I'm seeing her just trying to get to know people. And that's encouraging because that says to me that she can pull it off. Basically, I think this whole segment was really showing us JD and Shan both doing the same thing, but JD Mm -hmm. is not being subtle. Right. (laughs) Um, Can we discuss Shan's evil soundtrack that she hums? I'm obsessed. I too have a soundtrack that I hear in my head when I'm manipulating, but <laughs> I love that the composers of Survivor have that was my favorite. a version of the song. If I, want I, if I were to be the composer for Survivor, that is the kind of assignment that would thrill me. They'd be like, yeah. she hummed a little thing in a confessional. Can you make it a song? And I'm like, yes, I can. <laughs> I, I would love to have been Shannon the moment watching it being like, uh-huh. whoa, look what just happened. Uh, and then she'd be like, can I have writing credit? Right. Do I get royalties off of that? Exactly. All right. We're going to move over to Yasa for a bit. Um, They know they sucked and they are hoping their friends and family will not be watching episode one, but uh, bad chance. Um, They see an hourglass in a triangle frame and they must choose one task to complete. Savvy or sweat. In Savvy, the tribe can attempt to solve a visual riddle by counting all of the triangles within a triangle. They only get one guess. I have a question for you. Would that have included the triangle frame? No. That's within a triangle. I think that would have made it a trick question kind of riddle. And I don't think that okay. was the goal of it. It's uh, already a challenge as it is. Absolutely. People, people online have been mind. trying to solve it. And people online have been like, yeah, there's 10. And I'm like, no, 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 dude, there's 51. Yeah. <laughs> um, that Because that would be the first thing I would have said. And then it would have just caused chaos and my tribe would have sucked. Yeah. Um, because I... I uh, Expect the unexpected. I know it's the wrong show, but he said expected, so now I don't know what to think. Um, in sweat, two tribe members must work together to gather enough ocean water to fill two large barrels. They will be separated from the other four tribe members. If they fail, they will not receive their supplies until the, after the first immunity challenge. All right, you're a fan of the show. What do you pick? I I think Voce laid it out correctly. If you can be one of the four that isn't doing sweat, sweat's great. Sweat feels more of a guarantee in terms of getting your stuff and you don't have to be isolated from the tribe. But if you Mm -hmm. end up being one of the two, uh, that could suck. Yeah. That could really screw you just long term. We know day one is where some bonds are established that last to the end of the game. So especially in a 26 day game. Yeah. So you don't, you don't want to miss out on any time. 
Yeah. Well, he they know that they're going to miss things, so the triangles may not be their best option. Um, but Voce, who is a neurosurgeon, um, I would love to know if he takes my insurance because I need a potential neurosurgeon <laughs> to like you know walk again. Uh, so hit me up, man. Uh, but he wants to know the savvy option, wants the savvy option because of the tribe split with the rules. He doesn't want to be the moron not looking for idols to start, but he's not going to suggest it, which I, again, very smart because if you are that person, uh, you got that target. Um, he's going to go with the tribe, do the sweat with Xander, who I will fuck the straight out of. Oh. <laughs> okay, oh, I wasn't going to put it that way, but the tuft of hair in front that, that comes out of the front of his buff is very charming for me. <laughs> He is beautiful to look at. Like, I can't. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. I already have a, um, a marriage proposal out there for Miss Scarlet Harlot of uh, Drag Race UK. So, sorry, Xander. <laughs> we watch as Voce is cramping up. Xander is just actually literally hot. Um, Evie believes that Voce and Xander will be bonded and be a two and suggests that they and Liana should be a two as well. Liana finds Evie is uh, genuine and honest. Evie is not going to tell everyone they are doing a PhD of human evolution at Harvard. Smart move. Because mm-hmm. um, these dum-dums will think you're brilliant. Oh, oh, wait, actually you are. Keep on going. I like this move. Um, I would love a PhD. What would you get a PhD in? Ugh. I have no idea. Probably some with music. It'd be some really specific music PhD that doesn't actually apply to anything in the world. That's my goal. I want to be a doctor, but for no real reason. Wait (laughs) until there is a PhD for podcasting and I will be the first one walking down. (laughs) You would. Grab that. Well, Abraham and Evie talk about gameplay and Evie will make genuine connections while Abraham says it's a team sport until it's not a team sport. Dude, you shot yourself in the foot already. Um, He wants to win or find a fall person. Throwing names out already. Mm-hmm. Classic Survivor. It's, I mean, it is the old school mentality. If he had been back on, you know, Africa, Marquesas, like any of the early seasons, he could have gotten away with this. But in modern Survivor, you do not say that to the whole tribe. You no. say it only to the other people that you want to align with. No, he would have made it to the merge, been the first one out, and we would never remember their name. Yep. Yep. Liana runs uh, runs that in- info to Tiffany, who is like, wait, I got four paddles in and went to get five. Why am I the one who's going to be voted out here? Um, they all messed up together. She is now pissed, so she is going to use her social sk- skills and perseverance. So let's learn about Tiffany. Um, her story is she is a previver. Her mom died of ovarian cancer when she was 16 years old. She had the genetic code for it, so she was one of the first people in the USA to make the decision to get a double mastectomy and ophorectomy, which I'm not sure what that is. Um, It wouldn't be the best thing for a young girl, but they found the beginnings of breast cancer and it saved her life. It's time to take the previver title and change it to survivor. Again, if that was in the audition tape, she got cast in a second and we Mm -hmm. didn't know that she did. Mm -hmm. Although I find it really interesting. I mean, I am fully not surprised. I could literally see this being the moment that they were like, this is why we need to make flashbacks to non-show footage because they have video of her finding out she's getting on the show how often do they get that <laughs> well right i mean we the same thing with brad yeah so that's why i'm like but even as i was going through it, i was like wait what are the covid co- uh, protocols at this moment how do they get a fucking film crew over there 
18 different film crews mm. how long do they have before the show like that was my that was the question then i was like wait what what, what are we doing here anyway <laughs> we're back to voce and xander they look like they're never going to make it but this editing is way too dramatic they're reminiscing over those montages from winners at war and like they want more of this like no, fuck it. Just give it, move on, move on. In the end, they get it because they are not going to let them fail. <laughs> they're not, yeah. they're going to die if they, because they have yeah. nothing. Yeah. They have nothing. Right. And you also have two people that just exhausted themselves trying to get water for four hours and failed at it. Yeah. 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 Well, all right. Luvu Blue decides immediately to sweat. Deshaun and Danny will be the water runners. Nasir, Mr lost in translation himself tells the boys that no secrets while they're away why was that gem included oh just you wait um d and z think a great strategy is to use a giant branch to carry both buckets and then that bitch breaks <laughs> you can't not laugh that was classic survivor that was also that was classic so survivor good. people from regular society trying to be on an island and just bungling it <laughs> yeah um i I'm giving them an official alliance name because new new era. Why not have alliance <laughs> names, right? They are going to be known as D and D Water Factory. Oh, okay. Um, and D and D Water Factory is going to stop with the water and go idle hunting um, because why not? They're mm-hmm. alone. Now, what were the exact rules? I thought you had to be isolated from them. How was Nasir uh, allowed to be all nosy neighbor and like go check on them? I don't know that. I don't know that you had to be isolated. I think it was more of a thing of like, if the tribe wanted to hang out on the beach and cheer you on, they were able to. But why would they not be trying to make shelter and do the other things? Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, Well, he knows what's up. He was the one who said no strategy before going back. And yeah, he just, you played yourself, dude. Um, Nasir goes to Erica and Sydney and says, let's talk strategy because D&D Water Factory are looking for idols um, and the sand is almost gone. He doesn't think that we'll have fire or water tonight. And let's start that paranoia. The red flag is waving. Nasir is ready to create a final four with the non-water challenge peeps. Would the women go with him? Would, would that be a smart strategy? Is Nasir strong enough to carry this tribe without D&D? I don't think people are so worried about tribe strength. Um, I, but the problem is essentially Nasir managed to get himself information. That's a good move. However, he then immediately disseminated that information in a house meeting, which we know from Big Brother experience never works out for you. Don't do house meetings. One-on-ones yeah. or keep it to yourself, whatever you think is best. Yeah. But like, yeah, that was the problem was I think his intentions were right. I think he got information and knew he needed to do something with it to help himself, but he didn't make the right move with it. Right. Because he did not know um, what the wild cards of his tribe were going to do, because yeah. when D&D do finish, Sydney is like, I am not team this year to the end. So I'm going to go tell D&D Water Factory what done just happened. Well, this uh, is essentially goes- this is the same it's actually a nice parallel to what Abraham did. You announced your strategy to the tribe, which is like in Abraham's case, keep the tribe strong, old school mentality. We want to win stuff. Uh, In Nasir's case was honesty, trying to be open with each other, all information out on the table, at least for the beginning of this game, right? When you do that in a forum, 
You assume everybody else is starting on the same page as you, but you don't know them yet. So they might not be on the same page as you and you just handed them information out of your mouth. (laughs) It's true. In front of everyone. Deshaun is shocked and thinks he's got a lot of nerve. Nasir has the target, but like he also wasn't wrong. No, yeah, yeah. The Deshaun's confessional was absolutely like, how dare you? But I was also like, but dude, you did look for idols. You got caught. <laughs> All right. It is day two, and it's time for decision desk. Over at Luvu, Sydney tells us that she was made for Survivor because she loves to travel, though she used her dad's credit card. She's been to 49 countries, and she needs to travel her, uh, like, challenge herself. What privilege. We love Sydney, don't we? I'm fine with it. I love characters that I don't have to love everyone on Survivor. You know? And also, Um, she came in fully ready to play Chaos, and I think an agent of Chaos is always good. Absolutely. As we are learning about her, uh, a boat pulls up and they don't know what's happening, but they receive a note. Uh, it says one person must get on the boat and make a decision to return to camp. Sydney is initially nominated, but she knows what's up. Nasir suggests rock, paper, scissor. No one wants to play. So Danny decides to offer himself. He knows it's a risk, but he came out to play Survivor. What would you do? Oh, I wouldn't go. Me either. No. Because the thing is, essentially, you don't know what you're going to, but you know that if whatever happens there, you don't come back with a bag of rice, your tribe suspects you immediately of lying. Exactly. Absolutely. Yasa offers up the sacrifice known as Xander, not to me, but to the boat. Um, Evie says he is the least likely to lie about what happened. He's just so pretty. He's pretty... I mean, I'm, I, have to, I have to be honest, I'm shocked. I read Xander as like, he was going to be full like tech finance bro, was not going to socially integrate well and wasn't going to handle this. And then instead, Evie's like, he's the one who's not going to lie. So I was like, oh, yeah. he's pulling this off better than I thought. <laughs> Yua draws rocks and it's super fan JD who will be going. A rock draw in episode one. How dare you? That's bad juju. <laughs> Uh, he's fearful of what happens while he's gone because he knows it's easy to put a target on his back. At least he's self-aware. Oh, yeah. Xander, JD, and Danny arrive, and they have no idea what's about to happen. The sign reads that they will follow the path to the summit and take the time to get to know each other. Um, none of them said they like long walks on the beach and <laughs> margaritas. But on the walk, we do learn that Danny lives in Dallas and that everyone thinks he's a football player, which is fact. But he downplays it and says it was only in college. But liar see i just um, don't know why you would say i'm just a kid's football coach now um that's a little too close to your real profession i would suggest a profession more like landscaper <laughs> what's your profession profession gonna be uh vagrant <laughs> oh, okay gotcha just vagrant gonna... on the street just home fall it like drifter i don't know i i think you should go as an only fans model no thank you Katie um, was a two-time state champion track and cue those um, videos and those images yeah on the walk we learned that Danny lived um, that JD was gassed and almost passed out um, but I think that was for cameras not gonna lie that was a little too convenient Um, the editors needed that like moment to you know give us the flashback to the track days as we learn that jd was really the carlton banks and not the will smith 
And this was the moment where I was like, I kind of think I smell a winner's edit. I'm not sure. What? Right. Watch, watch this space because these moments are where we have the narrative mixed with the behind the scenes shots. I don't know what we're trying to get here, but it, it is a new era. So the good content new... he gets in this episode is stellar. Yeah. Cause like if you do listen to it, we got that triumphant underscoring, which not everyone else got. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm very confused with JD right now. They end up reaching the summit where a sign says they will make a private decision before returning to camp. Knowing the game, they assume it's an option for an advantage. JD wants to play with them. Will they all agree to take an advantage? It is a ship's wheel uh, that reveals that their decision is to either protect their vote or risk their vote. If all players choose protect your vote, nothing changes. All players stay the same, nothing lost, nothing gained. If all players choose risk your vote, then all players lose their vote at the next tribal. If it is a split decision, players who choose to protect their vote remain the same. Those who chose to risk their vote will receive an extra vote. I think Danny was smart here. Danny, mm-hmm. I think, had a good read on the two of them and was like, they're definitely playing. They're not, they're 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 children. They want they want to play. Mm-hmm. Um where would you have gone if you were in Danny's position? It would depend slightly on my read on my tribe, but on a mm-hmm. tribe of six where there is so much room for a three, three or even a two, 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 if everybody's doing duos yeah. to lose a vote screws you. Yep. Um, so I would likely protect. Yeah, I would too. Um, though I, as I was following along, uh, Eliza Orland's Instagram, cause they all had that little party the other night. They all voted risk. Cause like, yeah. Okay, fine. Well, I think that's a lot of people that just want to go for every opportunity, but I I don't know if right at the beginning of the game when you're already isolated and there's going to be doubt on you because of this trip that you're going to bring nothing back from. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm a little scared. I mean, if I get an extra vote, great, but if I lose my vote, oh, I'm dead. Yeah. Well, maybe there'll be another twist to save your ass later. <laughs> but we don't know about it yet. Well, we see Danny protects his vote. We do not see what Xander and JD decide, which is basically telling you exactly what they decided. I mean, yeah. Um, We'll find out later, though. It is now day two after the decision desk. Danny wants to tell them what happened. He tells them he met with JD and Xander and how each made a private decision, shares their exact details. Danny protected his vote, and he was very forthcoming. Heather and Cole, they believe him. I think he sold his story very, very well. Next up is Xander, who tells the tribe they have played a game of chicken and is pretty accurate, but says that we get an extra vote. He tells them he risked it and they won't know until tribal. Evie knows it's a very complex story and he'd get caught if he lied. So Cutie maybe isn't as dumb as he looks. Oh, he's very smart. If you read his cast bio, he's super smart. That was why I thought he was going to play himself, but he's actually playing it down pretty well. And I thought he handled this well. He presented he it in a way that was, I'm I'm telling you that I did go for an advantage. I am going to present it with full intention of suggesting that we as a tribe have an advantage. Whether or not they buy that portion of it, they still at least buy that he didn't lie about what he did or whether he got something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, meanwhile, we got JD, who does not have a big bag of rice, but he tells him, go through the bag. Go, f- I-, I trust you. <laughs> um, he does not strip, but he does tell a story instead. Uh, he's very descriptive and selling a tall tale that sounds so far-fetched because he is so detailed. Um, 
if you if you've been watching the circle, uh, this is Michelle Itis. This is absolutely what happened to her. Um, he does share the details of the ship's wheel, but lies that he protected his vote. He thinks they ate it up. Ricard, the evil gay, does not believe it. Um, Shady Boots lying. He is ready to get rid of JD. I mean, that's who, the who, thing. I who think, did it best? Who did it worse? I think Xander played it the best. I think Xander managed to get away with getting an advantage for himself, but does not necessarily have a bigger target on his back as a result of it. I think he yeah. played it incredibly well. I think Danny did the second best and did the safest option in in the whole situation. JD, I mean, it's a little hard. I'm I'm trying to make sure that I'm separating because here's and this was where I started to get confused about the winners edit that I was detecting in him because he got dodo music for his entire speech. Yep. And so then I'm like, okay, is the edit painting this as worse than it is? So on my second like time, I tried to really listen to the way he presented the story. And I just think that maybe JD is a bit of one of those not great storytellers. Like he's a tangent, too excited, too many things left and right. So it's a bit scattered. And that may be what hurt him more than anything. I don't think he necessarily left out a ton of information besides obviously lying that he protected his vote. But I think his storytelling style did not serve him here. (laughs) Not at all. All right. It's been some time since we've seen a big giant challenge set. It's got multiple steps because we love equalizers. But first, Jeff asks Ricard how he's feeling. And Ricard is going to take the moment to share how he is feeling because clearly a producer told Jeff how he is feeling. Yeah, Ricard um, is going to take this moment to hit the button on the nuclear codes and launch World War Three. Yes. He didn't really get to take the moment to think about the question Jeff asked them in about the phrase, come on in, guys. He does not think they should use the word guys. He says that Survivor has changed in the last 21 years and the change has allowed all the people of color and the queer people to be simultaneous. Jeff loves that he thought about it more and had the courage to bring it up. He wants to change it, so it's the last time that phrase will be used. Don't like it? At him. He literally said you could, so I know you trolls have done it. Oh, people did. Um... Mm-hmm. how do you feel obviously drag race did this as well for inclusion purposes mm-hmm. i again have not looked at the twitter i'm not a twitter person i just can imagine the flyover people are got the pitchforks and the fire twitter was a time twitter the night of was a time there was a bet fa- actually the survivor facebook with all the boomers that oh, was no. a time <laughs> I could only glance in there briefly before I had to go. Um, yeah, a lot of homophobia came at Ricard immediately just based off of this one thing, which to me was like, okay, hi. This was clearly the producers. The producers decided they were going to change this. Like you don't, a random contestant doesn't just bring this up and you change a thing and then you make a big conversation point out of it. Like there was planning in here. They knew they were going to do this. There's the half of Twitter that is saying, I'm quitting Survivor because woke. Like there's that. And then there's the other half of Twitter that is, this was ridiculously performative and I can't believe they did this. I think reality lies somewhere in between. And also this was like at most three to four minutes of a two hour premiere, get over it. Uh, But (laughs) do I think it was a little performative? Do I think it was a little bit put on? Yes, yes. I think there just was a bit of like, look, we're being inclusive. 
please forget about two seasons ago when we allowed sexual harassment to occur on our show for weeks. Um, I think there was a little bit of that to it. I think there's a bit, and Survivor's done this in the past, there was a bit of intentionally starting up a controversial conversation about something important in the world of inclusivity. And I do think there's benefit to that. And I do think that that is a way to use this kind of platform. Um, was this the most nuanced way? I don't know. Was putting all of the weight on Ricard essentially the correct approach? I don't think so. Uh, that's a lot. Luckily, at least his Twitter persona, he's just like, y'all are silly. Shut up. <laughs> he like does not yeah. care. Thank God. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I really think this was a moment where they threw Ricard under the bus. They're like, yeah. you're going to take the brunt of this. Um, obviously, I rewatched the episode to take my notes, and I keened into the first part of this when we were on the barge. They didn't show Ricard at all. Mm-mm. So we did not get to see his initial reaction. This could have been his initial reaction and was not called on or didn't speak up. That is shady editing in my eyes. Well, that's and the thing. The edit put put into people's minds the exact thing that some people are are coming at this with, which is that Ricard, a cis man, is overruling a queer woman's, at, at the time, woman's right. perspective on this, as if he doesn't have any proper perspective to be put into this in an inclusivity standpoint, which I think is false. I mean, he's married to a trans man for crying out loud. And I would argue that 98% of the queer community has some sort of relationship with gender as a construct <laughs> and it's uh, off the beaten path from what the straight cis white majority of America has as a relationship with gender. So do I think he has no authority or no say in this? No, absolutely not. I think he is fully within his rights to speak up. Even if Evie personally, I think Evie was speaking from a personal place as a yeah. queer woman who I am one of the people that this inclusivity would be aimed towards specifically, I'm saying I'm okay. However, Ricard is saying, I think just for the future of the show and for the future of inclusivity for all people, it might be helpful to remove this. It's as simple as that. And the fact that we have this giant blow up, I mean, it's a four-word phrase. You lost 25% of it. And it's not the part that matters. Guys, doesn't matter. Come on in is the point. Yeah, no, I, I fully agree. I mean, has anyone checked on Jeff Varner? How does he feel about this? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, listen, this is this is not the first time we're having controversy when it comes to the queer community on this show. It, it's happened a lot. It's not going to be the end of it. This is the world experiment. This is Jeff going to be able to pull something at the finale and talk about to the little random kid he's going to have write down a name. Yep. Though there is rumors that they've already done the um, the reveal, so the winner may not already know. Not sure. Um, regardless, I I don't think this was handled as well as it could have been. I do think it w- again was. Here's the clip we can send to the Emmy voters. Yeah, it was it was reaching in certain ways. But there are also potential benefits. And ultimately, even if it was performative, it didn't impact the episode that much for me. And any any step that ultimately increases inclusivity, even by 0.01%, I think is a net positive. 
I think the thing that made me feel like uh, this is cringy is when Jeff's like, I wanted to change it. We should have. Yeah, we were going to change. No, you didn't. You that you stop pretending you or you, maybe you did. Uh, maybe he did. Once once the diversity initiative started getting talked about and blah, blah, blah. Maybe that was a thing that somebody said somewhere in the discussion. Yeah. OK, then just do it. Then don't put the onus on your contestants to take the blame for well, doing it. I mean, it. Let, let's talk. Let, what would have happened if RuPaul walked into that workroom and said, should I change this? Uh, RuPaul would never. She's too busy fracking. <laughs> yeah, T. Um, but I, know, I mean, again, RuPaul has had to change um, the verbiage of the classic phrases. They've had to change the theme song. But it just happens and we move on. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's a very different demographic because it is primarily queer. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a it, it's the reality. And if people have a problem with wokeness, I'm just, I'm just tired of like, because this has been happening in the video game world. This happens in media of all forms as we become more inclusive in the modern world where America is a very diverse society with a lot of people from a lot of walks of life. Anytime race of any kind is mentioned just as a word or sexual orientation is mentioned just as a word, you get this contingent on the internet saying, get politics out of my shows. And I'm sorry, a person's existence is not inherently politics. Goodbye. Yep, that's true. Well, Jeff is exploding in his khakis as he is going to share a new (laughs) tribal council twist. (laughs) If you go to tribal and you fear you're in danger, girl, whip out your new tiny shot of dark dye. You can decide to not vote and reach into the bag and draw for a one in six shot at safety. 17% odds. How do you feel about the new twist? Um, My first reaction is why in the world is it a die if you're not going to roll it? Um, <laughs> that is my Call that's my totem. biggest confusion. It's a, it's, a, it's a totem. Call it a rock. It's not a die. Yeah, um, it should just be a rock. The six. It's the sixth thing. Yeah, that's what I think he was going for. Sure. Um, I don't. As far as twists go, I don't hate it. There's inherent risk and reward to it. It's a strategic choice you actively has to have to make. This doesn't break the game. Each person can only use it one time, so it's still. It's not so far game-breaking that I'm desperately concerned about it right now. For me, this was that last Jenga piece that makes it all tumble. It was, how many twists do we have coming in? Let's add one more. And then, and then you're like, this. we're now changing the strategy of Survivor. Yes, we have had Survivor happen in the past where they introduce a twist. The, the, this first cast does it. Then the second cast will get to see it. And then they will get to play properly with the twist in mind. There's just so many new elements that were literally thrown at these 18 players that if people stumble and fail this season, you can't get mad at them because there was too much to, to handle. Yeah, but that's a part of the show. I mean, Africa, Silas stumbled because there'd never been a tribe swap before, but we still love to laugh at him for it because he happened but to be an asshole. how many other twists were there? How many other twists besides the tribe swap were there? I mean, there were lions trying to murder them in the night. There were... <laughs> There was, there was the casting, there was the casting of Linda, whose mental state was just interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Uh There were plenty of twists that season. Let's be clear. That's true. Well, first immunity challenge means the Tiki man is our pathetic idol. Oh my God. That was weird. Team between that and the, the um, voting box, both epic fails. And it's funny because the, the amount of set that they had on the, the marooning boat, 
the amount of things that they had built at the tribal council set. And then they went out and said, oh, we don't have an immunity idol. Hit up Party City in the Tiki Room. Mm-hmm. Like, that's Literally. what it felt like. <laughs> Literally. Well, this challenge begins with an over-under obstacle, loading puzzle pieces onto a sled. Two members at a time will move sled sandbags to clear the track, push the sled down the track, transfer the puzzle pieces to the crate, and hoist them up to the top, where two members of the tribe will solve a puzzle. The first and only tribe to finish will be safe from tribal council. Now, again, I ask, do you think this is because of the truncated game link? Additionally, if you lose, you forfeit your flint and you have to win it back. So why are we trying to kill them? Within a three-minute period, we have now gotten three twists. Why? I don't know. I mean, I think the penalty, I think they don't want tribes throwing challenges. I really think that's what that is in place Mm for. Um, So I understand the impetus there do i necessarily agree that that is something i want producers interfering with i don't know i personally don't think it's ever a good idea to throw a challenge however uh tribes do what they do so i don't know um but the producers chose that they didn't want that it worked out for pg and jamie yeah it's worked out for a couple people it doesn't always work out in the long run i mean neither of them is in the pantheon of survivor winners so <laughs> no but pg could have gone farther if that whatever i'm still bitter about that season. <laughs> anyway it's pretty even to start but once we get to the sandbag portion we have liana getting the first that's how you do it on survivor <laughs> season um take a drink every time you hear that this season well i mean i was uh, like yeah we lost come on in guys there's at least five more phrases that are more iconic and that's how you do it on survivor is one of them exactly um so we then have a rogue sandbag fall from the blue tribe right out of the box so jeff only forces them to go back like once they were finished i blame jeff he knew he saw he could have gotten them back far, uh, sooner Yeah, I couldn't tell what the situation there was, but I was like, I can't believe he let them get most of the way down that track before he said, you got to go back. Like, right. I mean, like it was, I could, I could understand if he waits till they're all running to the cart and clearly about to push. And he goes, you can't push yet. That would have been understandable, but yeah, it was a little weird. And because you, because let's be honest, there is a producer at every fucking stage of the, um, the, the, the challenge. They are in his ear. Someone should have been screaming at him to say, tell him to go back. The other possibility is that that sandbag rolled off. Yeah, sure. The, challenge, fault, the editing of challenges, we don't get a clear picture. You know, it's, yeah. it's a weird transition from two seasons in a row of Big Brother and No Survivor for me to remember. We don't have live feeds on this. That's true. <laughs> um, the pulling up the structure is a lot. My back hurt from watching it and really it all, made, me, made me realize, no, you're not going on Survivor ever. I don't think it's going to work out for you. Um, we get to puzzle time. We have green sending Shan and Sarah, yellow sending Liana and Evie, and blue sending Erica and Deshaun. Mostly good decisions, I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, you want to send Xander, he, he would have been like, no, I don't know. No, he probably would have solved it fast. Yeah, he wouldn't. He wouldn't take that kind of thing on. I mean, even Evie, Evie said that they were not. They only thought they were OK at puzzles. And didn't want to do that. But, you know, I think at, at some point also somebody just has to step up. Will so, you be volunteering for puzzles, Andrew? Probably not right out the gate. But if it comes to a point where I feel like my tribe needs the help on the puzzle, 
Maybe. I do think I'm relatively good at puzzles. Although the minute a slide puzzle shows up, I will lose it instantaneously. There's that challenge is out of my hands. It doesn't matter if I practice slide puzzles before I go on the show, they put a slide puzzle in front of me. I'm out. Yep. <laughs> Team green was in the lead, but they miss a piece in the bag because it's just how the cookie crumbles. Team blue will ultimately win come from behind way behind. They will be safe from tribal council. Green and yellow are going to tribal council. Did you know Fun fact, blue and yellow make green. Whoa. Do you think they did this on purpose? No. <laughs> oh, the things you realize when you watch TV. <laughs> All right, post-challenge, we're going to go chat with the Yasa tribe. Evie is crying because they thought they let the tribe down. Liana apologizes, but Tiffany tells them not to be sorry. Liana and Tiffany want to take out abraham because he wants tiffany out liana is worried people want to keep the tribe strong meanwhile the men are thinking tiffany because abraham notes that tiffany was bad in the first challenge and she wasn't physically as strong boche knows that strength is an asset abraham the security analyst is finally speaking because he has not said much in this episode and for me i was like well you danger will robinson um he <laughs> says get rid of the parts that aren't working so get rid of tiffany yeah um it's the arrogance it's the arrogance that i think turned everyone off to him yeah i think he came in thinking i'm a big guy so i'm fine for the beginning i don't think yeah. he thought about shoring up his defenses at all because he assumed they're going to want challenge strength just like i want challenge strength i am challenge strength so i'm fine yeah he preaches this to Voce, Xander, and Evie in the water. He really doesn't think um, she can help them and will cause the tribe to uh, disseminate. Meanwhile, Evie is not a fan of the idea of eliminating all women. Voce and Evie chat about Abraham versus Tiffany. Voce is worried about how social Tiffany is. Evie is trying to convince Voce and Xander to vote out Abraham. Evie tells Tiffany that her name is being thrown out there with the strength with the strength excuse which is unsettling for her she knows this is survivor and this is where people get uncomfortable she is going to go on an idol hunt and remember that shot from the beginning of the episode where jeffrey is like hiding a little idol oh my god how did we know this was going to be the tribe <laughs> um well we get that flashback because tiffany completely missed it yep it was in front of your face girl she didn't even try no she ignored that branch and went to the next one literally we're gonna i did go. i did think that this was this was the producer's attempt to go back to the classic we're watching him search we're watching him search camera pans over to where the idol is and zooms in because they realized that the castaways could just follow the camera exactly <laughs> so now we're like okay we need to show the audience in a prior scene <laughs> yeah all right Ooh, Sarah breaks down because they had a lead. She told herself she wasn't going to volunteer for puzzles for this reason. She knows someone has to go and she feels genuinely that it will be her. So why did you, who made you do it? With, she didn't have to go for it. Why did yeah, she do it? Um, I do think that this comes down to somewhat the puzzle. I, I'm not sure. I can't remember where the people. So I remember when they were pulling the carts up the ramps, there were mm -hmm. two people on a rope pulling yes. and the rest of them were actually pulling the cart while going up the stairs. Were the two people on the rope, the puzzle people, because if they are, presumably they were put there out of assumed weakness. I don't think so. Okay. 
Because I think there were three stages of two, but for the first stage, you could swap people around. Yeah. It also just could be a thing where in, in a similar fashion to Voce talking about the sweat versus savvy, he got Xander who said, you want to just do sweat together and you don't say no in that moment. Right. <laughs> so Sarah and Ricard are in the water trying to throw the votes onto JD. They believe that Shan will vote with them because Shan loves Sarah. Ricard in confessional doesn't actually know if Sarah is safe, but JD should be next. Mm-hmm. Ricard tells Jeannie and that he's worried about JD and that they could all vote that way. She's like, sure, because it's not her. Um, she's a confusing one, but we'll, we'll discuss her soon. Uh, Ricard tells Brad, Shan, and Sarah, but Brad is not sure he wants to vote out JD. He wants to keep the strength and says in front of them that Sarah and Shan are on the table. Again, another one playing like this is 2000 Survivor. Yeah. I loved, I, before he even said it, I think, I think essentially what happened to Brad was he got caught in that conversation, pulled into the conversation unexpectedly. And the initial thing that somebody says to him is we're all thinking JD and he doesn't want to go JD. So he just responds. Honestly, he just goes, I don't think that's the way to go. I think we need the strength. So then the natural next step is, okay, well then who is your target? But Brad forgot to think that far ahead. His options are sitting right in front of him and man is not quite strategic enough to go, oh, Jeannie's not here. So instead he just was honest again. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Jeff's ears perk up as Sarah is thinking about using the shot in the dark dice. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bad gameplay Brad tells JD that they're chucking his name under the bus. JD is down to vote out Sarah and Shan has had her name thrown out there, but she is in every conversation. She has a sense of what's going on. And now I ask you, is this a good edit or is this a sign that they will catch onto her game sooner rather than later? I'm very intrigued by Shan this season. I thought that this was good because we basically got to see her like... I was a little bit more worried about Ricard's edit in this situation because we knew that Ricard and Shan were painted as allies of Sarah, right? Mm -hmm. Ricard at least got the confessional saying that he didn't know if Sarah was safe. So he wasn't like completely wrong, but Shan very specifically had that edit where she was like, I'm on the bottom because of the puzzle. I'm on the top because of my social game and I'm in the middle. So she essentially was the one who said, I have a lot of decision power tonight. She's the um, Miss Tiffany from Big Brother. She she got good gameplay going on right now. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, Tribal Council numero uno, it's Yasa. Uh, Jeff breaking the fourth wall to say, first Tribal Council, here we go. No, sir, this is not the office. You are not, Jim. Good day, stop it. No, nothing has changed. The torch ritual is still here. Casuals, you can catch on. This is fine. (laughs) Tiffany says they are a cohesive tribe. They love each other and accept each other's differences. Abraham says that they look at it as a strength move moving forward and it will help them as a tribe. Jeff then decides to call Abraham out for saying absolutely nothing by saying many words. For writing a college essay every time he speaks. And Tiffany says, that's who Abraham is. Good at talking in circles. Not sure if you can really get an answer. I was like, okay, you're probably a little sleep deprived, but I don't think that's the way you wanted that to come out. No. But um, I also have the sense that Tiffany in real life is fully prepared to sass you at any moment. Yeah. 
which I'm here for. Honestly, there's also shades of, of Tiffany Mitchell in Tiffany Seely. So I'm Tiffany Mitchell walked so that Tiffany Seely could run this season of sure. Survivor. Abraham says he brings strength and stamina to the table. Evie knows that there will be five of them and they don't want to get down to four. Very smart gameplay. I enjoy Evie. Um, yeah, I was worried that Evie's enthusiasm might bubble over and they might play themselves a little bit here. I but Evie is, is quite savvy so far. Yeah. Um, I think if like Shan may not get caught, Evie will get caught. Yeah. Voce is asked about the shot in the dark. It could mess everything up if they draw the 16.7%. Uh, Mr. Math Expert says, the idea of the shot in the dark is terrifying, but at the end of the day, it's not as scary as what it is. To which Jeff says, ah, so you're basically telling someone to go play it. <laughs> I mean, Leon Jeff's says, just here to cause the drama, let's be honest. Oh, That's, Jeff loves to stir the pot at tribal. He sure does. Liana says that if you are in the minority, that sliver of power can cause chaos and stir up the game. Xander feels like the tribe has gotten the bitter taste of loss, but he wants to show them that they are not the David tribe. And Jeff reminds uh, them that somebody from the David tribe won the season. See, bring back the subtitles and eat them back. This is the only way we're going to remember this shit. Like right now, off the top of your head, ten se- three seconds. What season number was uh, David versus Goliath? 37. They said it earlier. Um, <laughs> you also- can give me any season and I'll know the numbers. My brain works that way. Also, Xander can ASMR me to bed every night. Oh, God. That <laughs> voice is so smooth. Like, please. It's just, that's the ASMR I need. <laughs> Though I actually, like, act really prefer a female voice for when I do ASMR, like, trying to calm down. I don't know. Mm. You, you do ASMR? I do not. So I don't know my, uh, please don't. <laughs> I hate mouth sounds so much. <laughs> Okay, so Evie says that they will be leaving as a stronger tribe and they will be cohesive. So it is time to vote. Um, the surprise is we will see that Xander has received his risky risk payoff and mm-hmm. has an extra vote that can be played until there are six players left. So longevity here. But that's what, in like 15 days. So it really doesn't matter. Um, Jeffrey's vote. Five votes for Abraham, one vote for Tiffany. Abraham, you were the first person voted off Survivor. Abraham was blindsided. Yep. Uh, but he he didn't want to try to fight anybody. No. <laughs> no, he didn't. I really wanted um, Kylan to punch Xavier so badly. <laughs> it was This because... was the most thrilling live eviction since Austin left barefoot. <laughs> oh, my God. It was, I thought Kylan was going to lose it. Here's the thing. He Here's the thing. It. Big Brother needs to implement the shot in the dark so we get blindsides again. That's yep. what needs to happen. Yep. All right. Um, so is Abraham technically the first or is he tied for first? Or what, what, what was the order? How do we determine this? It's complicated because it's one of those things where we also don't 100% know that Yasa went to tribal first. I mean, right. we know that in Winners at War, technically Sandra went before Parvati, but Parvati's tribal council was less exciting than Sandra's giant idol explosion moment. So... Yeah. Right. I mean, there's a reason why you take this one for the end of the episode. Oh, 100%. So it very easily could have been that Abraham was technically the second boot. So I think we should just say tied. All right, cool. <laughs> I think it's easier well, that uh, way. 
it is Uwa's time to shine. Who is ready for some chaos in episode one? <laughs> uh, Sharon tells Jeff that the tribe out of the gate has had a great sense of camaraderie and so much excitement and joy. They were in a good headspace. I love the positivity that Shan brings because I know she is such a shitster and I'm here for it. She's she's very much like what I kind of envision myself playing the game as where it's that customer Don't service tell smile. Me that, please. Don't tell me that, please. It's the customer service smile that I know how to put on so naturally because I've been in customer service for a decade. I can like turn it on so fast. Yes, I did. (laughs) I can turn it on so fast, but the minute you get me in a confessional, I will tell you everything I'm thinking and I'm going to have so much fun being a villain. Oh my God. Well, speaking of villain, Ricard says that they have (laughs) not fought. Uh, They are chill and yet they're still going to vote somebody out. Brad says they would trade their machete and their last pot to stay a family tonight. Okay, enough of the bullshit. Don't tempt, tempt Jeff. He might actually take you up on that. Um, Shan says they. Hey, are look! If that if that strategy worked, Brad's the winner of the of the episode. Right? <laughs> well, Shan says they are Namaste tribe, and they pulled rocks to be democratic. They they said if JD showed up without rice, they'll know he has an idol, which is why JD said check his bag. Yep. JD is going to get a little bit defensive and explain why he wanted to protect his vote, though Sarah gets on the defensive about being skeptical. And when someone shows up with nothing in their hands, you're taking the word of someone you don't know, especially two days in. Sarah discovered the missing piece was the piece that connected to the side of the puzzle. Shan says in Survivor 41, he can't make mistakes like that. Jenny says, knowing there's only one immunity to win, what is that, Jeff? Why are we doing that? <sighs> this is why it's compelling. Jeff loves the compelling structure. So little Jeffy decides to ask JD what kind of criteria is on his mind. But who the fuck cares what he says? We got a scramble Rama behind <laughs> him. Sarah and Shan start to whisper. JD is not phased at all. Ricard gets in the action, starts a secret chat. Now JD is terrified. Everyone's name is thrown out there at least one time. Sarah's on the defensive again, throws bad under the bus, who is literally confused as all hell. We got live tribal. Fuck the new era. We're back to where we were. Uh-huh. We, we're, picking up, we're picking up right where we left off. Um, I loved that we didn't see Jeannie stand up one time. She's like, nope. okay, here I am. <laughs> Well, and we'll get to it. Um, Ricard runs over to JD to vote for Brad. Jeff is waiting for his popcorn as they all stand and chat. It is stressful. Shan tells JD that she is with him. He is willing to do whatever she wants, Sarah or Brad. Shan whispers, and he won't know. Um, we won't know until Jeff reveals the votes. What was said? Sarah asks Shan if she should play her dice. Shan tells her no. JD is telling Jeff that he doesn't know if people were being truthful back at camp or now, and Brad doesn't understand the paranoia. He thought they were tight. Brad asks if they can all put their dice in their pocket. They're ready to go. It's time to vote. So much happened in, what, two minutes again? Mm-hmm. JD, too, took the risk, and it paid off. He gets an extra vote that he will not use. And Jeff is going to read the votes. The final vote count is four votes for Sarah, one vote for Ricard from Jeannie, <laughs> And one vote for, for, for Brad from Sarah. Sarah is the second, first person voted off. Okay, let's go through it. Let's start off with, should Sarah have used the shot in the dark? Um, possibly. I think she misplayed there. I think, however, it speaks to how quickly Shan has gotten herself trusted. 
Shan mm-hmm. told her not to play it and she just did it. In my mind, I was actually worried about that because the minute somebody said to me, no, don't do it just like that, I'm going to play it. However, if Shan had kind of brought her in on that more and said, no, we need to make sure we have the numbers. We need you be voting. Like we can't lose your vote tonight. You're safe. Like that might've been better. So I was worried yeah. that that was a misstep by Shan, but it looks like Shan's social game is actually as strong as her confessionals claim. So Sarah got fooled. Obviously was she should have tried. <laughs> yeah. Was, was Sarah the right choice to vote off? Um, I don't know that I thought about that because I was really shocked. I was not yeah. expecting for me to be blindsided in this episode. And I was, I thought Sarah was going deep. I really did. Preseason. I thought she was going deep. This episode seemed to justify it because she was getting personal content. She got a lot of confessionals. She got to speak her strategic perspective on things. So I was like, she's going far. And now she's gone. <laughs> well, listen, they've been watching a lot of drag race because when someone gets that <laughs> moment of like, this is my backstory, you are gone that episode. Yep. So. Yep. Um, let's discuss Jeannie's vote. Distraction, confusion, bad gameplay. Where did Ricard's name come from? So I tried to give her a lot of credit. My initial assumption was she voted Ricard in case Sarah played the shot in the dark and succeeded so that it would still be one of those two going. Like it, okay. it she played it in, in possibility of an idle play, except in this case, it's a shot in the dark play. However... I have since yeah. heard rumor, I don't know what the source is, I just read it somewhere online, um, that she just misheard <laughs> and somehow thought it was Ricard. Because when I saw that, I was like, wait, where, wh- what? It yeah. didn't make sense. And I don't know how you go back to camp and say, I don't, I voted for you? Like how, how you can't cover this one up right. because Brad's name was out there. So and we all know that Ricard is already Hitler, so he could pull a Rupert. Who voted for me? Oh, oh, right. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm very intrigued, but I really think Jeannie just put a massive target on her back. That was not a great, it wasn't great. If it was no. legitimately a mistake, if it was a part of a plan and I misheard on the internet and they discussed and said, do that for safety, then fine. But if it was yeah. literally a miss here, oops. Yeah. <laughs> You better win some well, challenges. Damn straight. Well, I got some burning questions to wrap up this podcast because we love burning questions on Block Talk. Will we get double tribals for the next few weeks? No. You think this was a one and done? I think this is one and done, personally. How does the math work to get us down to a final three? Well, there's still the same number of episodes. No, I know that, but I'm just saying game uh, day-wise. Are they doing every two days? Is it, I think they're what, probably what just, the... yeah, I think it's every two days instead of every three days, personally. Okay. Um, are you enjoying this accelerated game? I I don't, the, so the 26 days, I don't actually know how I feel about it yet, but I'm willing to give it a chance and see how it plays out and if it impacts my experience as a viewer or the players. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't have an opinion yet because we're two days in, you know? Fair. Who's in danger, girl? Oh, um, I think this is based on edit. I think if Blue, if Luvu loses, Nasir is Goner. not doing great. Oh, he's gone. He's <laughs> because while gone. we saw that he only spoke truth, uh, the way that perspectives were painted did not paint the truth as the correct move. Um, yeah. I think if Jeannie legitimately made a mistake, Jeannie could be in trouble. Um, 
there's worlds where I would want to say that because Sarah's gone, Ricard is in trouble, but he voted with the majority. So maybe we didn't see certain things. I'm not sure. Um, yeah. In terms when of yellow. Yas- yeah, I don't know who it is. At first I was going to say Liana, but I feel like she's tight with Evie. Liana's very tight um, with Evie. And I feel like Tiffany is going to be the number that someone's going to pull, but I don't think anyone wants her. So the four may just sacrifice her. Possibly it could be Tiffany in danger or it could be the girls band together and one of Voce or Xander is in trouble. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. V- very interesting. But we didn't do this last time, but we're going to do it now because it is one of my favorite parts to do on the Drag Race podcast. Every episode, I will ask my guests after X amount of episodes who the winner is. So after one episode, the winner of Survivor 41 is? Shan. Okay. Shan was my preseason winner pick, and this just made me feel good about that. I, I think Shan is my number one, and right now I'm putting JD number two just because they are le- making us want to see him as Ozzy triumphant. Yeah, JD is in my top five. I don't know where I place him. So I would say Shan is up there. Ricard is in the mix, but he needs a confessional next week explaining why he voted out Sarah, yeah. <laughs> or I'm writing him off. Uh, Evie is surprisingly in the mix, even though I did not expect them to be in my mix going into the season. Uh, JD, let's see, Shan, Ricard, Evie, JD. And then my dark horse is Tiffany. Okay. I think Tiffany got good content, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I, I think if my dark horse is probably going to be Xander, um, cause I sure. think people are just going to really love him. At this point, looking at the the the, the people, um, do we even know anything about Heather? Does she exist? Is she on the show? I pegged Heather as second place pre-show. And now I'm like, wow, she raised her family on Survivor and then <laughs> vanished into the jungle. <laughs> um, I, I think Heather is gone or soon. I think Sydney is a gone or soon. Yeah. Erica could be following right behind them. Erica um, could be, but I think Erica got a few quotes, which suggests to me she will make merge and do something, but I don't think she's winner contention right now. Yeah. Um, no, I, I mean, I've, as far as a show getting to allow us to see 18 people and learn about them, they did a pretty solid job. Yeah. Um, granted, it was a two-hour episode, so there was a little more wiggle room. I don't know. Um, I would say this is just a case for every episode to be two hours. <laughs> I fully agree um do i want that when it comes to podcasting no sure but it's fine we'll, we'll figure it out we'll figure it out but this was fun i i i am reinvigorated having survivor talks it's fun to be mm-hmm. able to do this kind of thing um where can we find you on social media on venmo and if you've got any projects you want to plug uh, sure. Uh, so you can find me at Andrew Orsi uh, on Twitter and Instagram. I'm pretty away from social media, so I don't know if that's you'll see a lot of me, but those exist. Um, I also sing in an acapella group. That's like my main gig right now because I've been unemployed. Thanks, pandemic. Um, so you can find them at, at Black to Gold Music on Instagram. We are also Black to Gold on Spotify. We have several tracks out there that you can listen to. And, and Apple Music. And Apple Music. Um, and yeah, uh, message at black to gold music on Instagram, like slide into our DMS. If you want to donate and help us make the nine track album that we will be releasing sometime, probably early next year. Exciting. It is very well, exciting. 
this was fun. Um, you are obviously officially like the um, go-to when I'm guest list. So that'll probably happen a lot. So get ready. <laughs> um, thanks for chatting with me. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm just excited to be talking about Survivor again. Me too. The biggest thanks to Andrew for coming on. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and leave us a review while you're there. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. Mm-hmm.